The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. A poll in the United States by CBS has found almost a third of Americans believe that mass shootings are an acceptable price to pay for living in a free society. Well, they got many mass shootings over the weekend in the United States. 17 fatalities over three days, Marion McGill. That's right. Um, And, you know, the other thing that doesn't get spoken about, I think it was about 83 or 85 injuries. These people who are injured often um, have life-changing injuries. They end up being paralysed. They end up with brain damage. They end up with, you know, injuries that never fully heal, that that leave them disabled, out of work, whatever. Some of these are children. You know, so I think that's the, the number of injuries gets very little attention, but it's a huge cost as well to the country and, and to the medical services. So I think, you know, I saw the poll that you're referencing, Matt, and it's interesting that most of those people are Republicans. 84% of Democrats, I think, um, are people who identify as Democrats, uh, believe that there, there does need to be more um, gun control. And, and only 28% of Americans overall believe that um, mass shootings, unfortunately, have to be accepted as part of a free society. Um, I, as I say, Republicans on this issue seem to be very, very skewed uh, in, into believing that, you know, as I say, that they would reluctantly accept um, Uvalde. They would accept what happened in Buffalo the week before. They would accept Sandy Hook rather than put in, impose gun controls. And, and to us, it seems inexplicable, but it's a very strongly held view in some Republican circles and in substantial sectors of those circles. So, Cal Thomas, here's a story that caught my eye about a fellow called Reggie Mabre, 26 years of age, married, father of four. He's now dead because he was shot dead by his two-year-old son. His two-year-old son picked up a gun which was not properly stored, is the official explanation, and he shot his father dead. Well, I don't know how any gun control legislation would have uh, stopped that, Matt. I, you know, with respect to this poll you were just uh, talking to Marion about, you can almost uh, make polls say anything you want, depending on two factors: uh, that how the question is posed and the understanding of the person who is responding. Look, I am very much in favor of more laws if they address the real problem. For example, uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul yesterday signed a packet of 10 gun control laws which set new limits on buying assault-style weapons and body armor, among other uh, measures, uh, raising the age uh, of semi-automatic rifle sales from 18 to 21. New York already requires people to be 21 to possess a handgun, but that hasn't stopped handgun shootings. But I think these are reasonable steps that even supporters of our Second Amendment can take. I'm still looking for uh, an explanation since there are so many states and cities with tough gun control laws already, uh, which would explain to me how more laws are going to keep a lawbreaker uh, from breaking those laws. It's just the easy availability of guns, Cal. It just comes back to the thing that we on this side of the Atlantic cannot understand. The I mean, the, the, sorry, can, the I, can I just say, can say to you, as, you know, the idea that when uh, five children in my house and particularly the smaller, of even having a gun, let alone a gun that might be accessible by a child, but just not having a gun in a house is just anathema to people on this side of the Atlantic. And we just can't get it why you think it makes you safer when clearly 
all of the evidence shows it doesn't make you safe for having these guns. You kill yourselves, you kill each other in the United States in ways that we don't do in this part of the world. Matt, the overwhelming number of Americans who legally and responsibly own weapons are not the problem. The problem is, as, as we, you were just talking with Marion about, all these people shot in the inner cities, they are minorities preying on minorities. Most of them grew up in families without a father figure, without discipline. They, they join gangs because that is their sense of family. Uh, the cultural breakdown in these major cities, the district attorneys who allow these criminals out on low bail, and we've got recall elections tomorrow in uh, San Francisco and other places to, to call back these, some of these district attorneys, and the uh, r- race for mayor of Los Angeles tomorrow uh, pits uh, a couple of people against each other, one of whom is for uh, cleaning up the homeless, homelessness and crime problem in Los Angeles, and the other who doesn't seem to be as concerned about it. So I think, uh, you know, the, the coming elections, not only in primaries, but in November, uh, crime is going to be a major your issue. So, Marion, from what Cal is saying there, it's not the guns is the problem, it's the people and the societies in which they live. Well, you know, an element of that may be true, Cal, but just, again, I think that people get very inflamed about this debate in America, and it's no harm to just look at statistics and to look at neutral statistics, as in the Centre for Disease Control. Now, this, their statistics have shown that New York, and I'm glad to hear that you do support Kathy Hochul's um, moves, because I think as well that they are the obvious common sense moves to make. I would like to see more of them. However, a lot of them may be undone by the Supreme Court in the coming days or weeks, but that's another story. Uh, But it has been shown that in New York, the number of people who die in Texas from guns, from gun violence, from from suicide, from accidental deaths is five and a half times higher than that in New York because guns are more freely available. That is a fact. You frequently cite Chicago. Well, Illinois is another place. You would think New York would have the highest rate of gun deaths in the world. It's a big city. You've got violent areas. You've got very impoverished areas. It's not the case. Um, Likewise, Illinois, there are three times more deaths in Texas than there are in the whole of Illinois, including Chicago, um, because of the Texan um, gun laws being so lax. So there is a direct correlation, Cal, between states that have very strict gun controls and the number of deaths as a result that are directly attributable to guns, whether it's a tragic awful accident like happened in Florida with that two-year-old child, um, or whether it's something like that happened in Uvalde. I, again, and I've said this on the show repeatedly, you've got to outlaw assault weapons. That, to me, and you know, I was really disgusted to see that John Cornyn, the Texas senator, who's been talking about basically getting a bipartisan group together, what he's suggesting is almost nothing. It's saying, oh, well, we'll give you an incentive to have red flag laws, which means that courts could take guns away from people who are deemed to be mentally unsafe, but by the time it gets to court, by the time the judge makes a ruling, the, whatever was going to happen will probably have already happened. Um, what he's suggesting is an absolute nonsense. None of it will make the slightest bit of difference. And I think that if people were serious, all they've got to do is say, keep your hunting rifles, you know, even keep your handguns. But we want background checks and then we want no okay. weapons. And let's, to me, that would be a huge first step. Let's move on. Carl Thomas, what are you expecting from the televised hearings beginning on Thursday from the committee investigating the general's January 6th Capitol riots? Well, the January 6th committee has hired a former president of ABC News uh, to help them uh, with their presentation. 
once again, to me, it's uh, another indication of the linkage between uh, the media and uh, liberal politicians. Look, I think uh, what happened, obviously, on January 6th was outrageous. Uh, the legal system has been working. People have been arrested, indicted, and imprisoned for their actions on that day, and that goes forward. But I think this is going to be a lot of political theater. The Republicans on the committee were named by Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who rejected uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's choices for the committee. So already we see that it's uh, uh, you know, anti-Trump. You've got Lynn Cheney, who has made numerous statements about Trump and about some of the findings of the committee. You've got Adam Kinzinger of Illinois, who is uh, retiring so he can focus, he says, on uh, Trump's influence on the Republican Party. So I think this is going to be a unified anti-Trump uh uh, presentation. We'll see what the ratings are. I think, you know, the, the, the statistics show that the overwhelming number of Americans uh, do not have a high regard of Congress. And I'm not sure these hearings are going to increase that number of favorability. So you're automatically assuming that this is anti-Trump. But from all of the evidence that we've seen of what happened on that day, isn't Donald Trump, as president of the United States, doesn't he deserve to be the center of the attention given his behavior on that particular day. Are we now going to start giving him, are some people going to try and give him a free pass on the basis, oh, it's an anti-Trump agenda? People are responsible for their own behavior, Matt. We were talking about guns earlier, but uh, I, I, I don't think that Trump should have gone out there on that day and encouraged people to go to the Capitol and protest. I think that was irresponsible, whether it was illegal whether it was indictable, I don't know if you can make a connection between Trump saying, I, go down to the Capitol and I'll be with you, and violent activities. He claims that uh, he did not advocate violence. Now, the committee says that they're going to have new material that has never been seen before, new video that's never been seen before, so we'll see. I'm going to tune in, of course, as I think millions of other Americans will, and see if the committee can make its case. What are you expecting, Marion? Yeah, you know, I I think that it, just addressing a couple of things he said there, Cal. First of all, the Republic, the Democrats in Congress wanted a, a commission along the style of a 9/11 commission, an independent, bipartisan, out of Congress commission. Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy slapped that down and obstructed it, and they've been pretty well obstructing what was the alternative, the only alternative available, which was, which was a House Select Committee. Ever since they've refused to comply with subpoenas, Kevin McCarthy, I'm talking about here, they've deliberately just credit the committee. They've hounded Lynn Cheney. Adam Kitzinger is resigning a Republican because he and his family have been subject to death threats on an ongoing basis. So I think their behaviour has been absolutely despicable. The country deserves to know what happened on that day and why it happened. Uh, I think that it's going to be really interesting. But of course, you know, you. I think the country, look, people have forgotten about January 6th, as uh, you know, to a large degree. And I think that no matter what, that the people who support Trump will still go to their graves believing that the election was stolen. They just did what they had to do by trying to stop a, a bogus, you know, um, Biden by by trying to stop a bogus president from entering the White House. That is what they seem to believe, and a lot of people still believe that. Equally, Democrats are, are and most sane Americans, I think, were appalled by what they saw. What it, what the committee is trying to look at, and this is what really interests me, is 
they're looking at whether the evidence that they have amassed connects the political elements of what Trump did. So what happened between January or between November 3rd and January 6th, because that was when all the fundraising happened. That was when all the big lie was perpetrated. That was when all the schemes to subvert the election by Trump, by Ginny Thomas, by Mark Meadows, by Donald Trump Jr., that clown who decided that he had a plan to to uh, keep Trump in office, whether he won or lost, uh, regardless. And and then, you know, the, so what the committee, I think, is trying to do is see, is, was there a criminal conspiracy? Was there something that linked the baseless claims of election fraud and all those frivolous legal actions that had no base in reality and the way the big lie was perpetrated and the violence that happened on January 6th. And I think this is what Jamie Raskin is talking about, who I think you'd agree, Cal, is a very sober, decent man, a congressman from Maryland. He says that they've got evidence that's going to blow the roof off. But I think we live in a different era now. People don't trust the media. They don't trust Congress. They've got a million other um, stations to tune into. It's not going to be like Watergate 50 years ago when you had three channels. They all broadcasted in real time. Okay, but well, let, let Cal respond to that, and I have one other to throw well, from Cal. Yeah, well, first of all, the American people care more right now about high gas prices, inflation, open border, and a lot of other things that affect their lives individually. I think a lot of people see this as just business as usual in Washington, with politicians fighting each other, trying to gain ground. I think uh, most of the Democrats, from the chairman to Mr. Raskin and others, are extreme partisans who are using this issue to change the subject. The Democrats control all three branches of government. They haven't fixed inflation. They haven't brought down gas prices. The price of food continues to go up. The border remains open. They have the power to fix any of these things, or at least to address them, and they're not doing it. But Cal, so when you're, Cal sorry, you sorry, sorry. But are you not, I mean, the changing of the subject is talking about border controls and inflation. This was an insurrection. This was an attempt, an attempt to assault your houses of Congress. This should be the most important thing to any American who cares about protecting their democracy. That you don't have a demagogue trying to whip up a mob to try and steal an election. Just because it failed doesn't mean it's not essential to the future of your country, Cal. I have never said the election was stolen. I don't believe it. I think there is uh, there's some questions about outside money from Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook and others. I don't like outside money. I think money ought to stay within the particular districts and states where the person is running. Of course, at the presidential level, that's something different. I think there ought to be controls on the amount of money spent. It is an outrage that billions of dollars are spent on our presidential contests and millions on uh, uh, races for the Senate and House. Uh, so uh, I have never said that Trump was the legitimate uh, winner. I hope he doesn't run. I hope there are uh, much younger and more talented and less controversial Republican candidates who will step up, and I think they will. Okay. And I was just at this conservative conference in Colorado where a straw poll uh, found that more people supported Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, than President Trump. I think that's a good uh, trend. I'm not sure those are great options. Thank you, Cal Thomas and Marion McKeown. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.